Welcome to The Porch here on Firefall Talk Radio. I'm Richard Grund. This is where we get back to basics, the red letter basics. And I know I say this every week, but I'm by repetition, we remember and we believe and we receive by studying the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God, and focusing on the Book of Acts Church to see how they served the Lord, to follow their example, to have the same results that they did. That's why we take a deeper look into their service to the kingdom of God. Our desire here on the porch has always been to restore the priesthood of the believer and regaining the world-shaking influence that the early church had. The church age is not over. And what happened in the upper room is as much for today as it was on the day of Pentecost. And if you want to find the church that the Lord intended, not the one man created, and if you want more in your spiritual walk with Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, then why don't you join us on this journey as we get back to basics. If you have any questions, firefalltalkradio.com is a contact button. You can use it. Or you could email us directly at the porch, lowercase one word, at firefalltalkradio.com. If you'd like to support us, and we hope that you will, on firefalltalkradio.com, there are ways to do so. If you need more information, just ask. We appreciate your support and encouragement for everyone that does. And welcome to all of our listeners from the various streaming platforms out there. Thank you for being a part of the porch community. If you need prayer, you want prayer, you want to pray for others, oops, I just hit the microphone. That wasn't very professional of me. Um, Just let us know. We care about you. There are people that care about you. Subscribe to us on all the social media platforms and uh, Facebook, Instagram, X, Twitter, whatever it is. X Twitter. It's the X Twitter. Uh, There are links on the main page website for firefalltalkradio.com. If you are a part of our aerial support, we we need to get that going. SRT has a new mission, and it's months away, and the enemy's already sending in attacks. So we could use some aerial support and prayer for the impending expenses that that will have and that, you know, we have personally. So... Tomorrow's Thanksgiving, in case you didn't know that. Shock, it is tomorrow. So we need to be thankful for God's faithfulness to us. Psalm 100, verses 1 through 5, a psalm of thanksgiving. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Enter into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. Psalm 107 verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His mercy endures forever. Thank him. When you sit down tomorrow before you eat your meal and fall asleep watching football, be thankful. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for my wife, my sons, daughter-in-laws, grandson, furry kids, all the family members, new and old. You know who you are. I'm talking to you. I'm thankful for you and and connecting with you because the Lord has been gracious to reconnect me with family members that... I um, was not a part of their life, or they were not a part of mine since I was six years old. God's amazing how he does that. I am thankful for my other family members that are not so new, for my friends that are always there for me, and for all of you. Really, I am. I don't just say that. My wife will tell you I'm not one of those guys that says things I don't mean. If I say it, I mean it. So I am. I'm thankful for each and every one of you. And I praise him. I praise him that his love and his grace is so amazing. And for my salvation, that he came looking for me. 
praise him for this home and everything I have, all the possessions, all the technology that I can do this for him, for his protection, for this ministry that he allows me to work for him. It'll always be his ministry for the dreams and the visions and the healing virtues. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Faith means even if you don't see it, you believe it. Even if it hasn't come in a while, you believe that it's coming. Don't walk by sight, walk by faith, live according to his word. So I praise him for just being able to praise him, for being happy and joyful in a world that so many people are unhappy and have no joy. For this renewed spirit, man, that he's given me. I praise him for the signs that the king is coming. The king is coming. Creation's groaning for the return of the king, and so am I. And that coming kingdom in the new Jerusalem. Psalm 4, verse 6, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, there it is, let your request be made known to God. So let's do that. Let's make our request known to him. Well, Father, Lord, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls, prosperity within your palaces. For the sake of my brethren and companions, I will now say peace be within you. Psalm 122, verses 6 through 8. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray for Israel against its enemies, which aren't just at their borders all over the world. We pray that you would intervene, Lord. Bring those hostages home. Restore those families Put an end to this conflict if that's your will. I'm not going to interfere with anything that you're doing. But if nothing else, expose everything. Pull everything out into the open and flip those skirts up above their head and expose them in the halls of politics and all over the world. Bring them out into the light so we can see them for who and what they are. Pray for the fatherless and the widows, the innocents, the martyrs and the victims of injustice those that are being persecuted for believing in you, Lord. For divine wholeness, health, and healing in me and my wife and family and each and every one of you as we get back to our divine design, that is a sincere prayer. And heal, for healing for anyone who is sick or hurting right now in mind, body, or spirit. For protection, inspiration, for the fire of the Holy Spirit to rise up within us and that the remnant would wake up, they would see what's going on, they would hear the battle cry and answer the call to action, but to do it within the command of the captain of the host, not following men or or people, but doing what he says to do when he says to do it, that those that have been blessed to be a blessing so that we can be a blessing. Let's pray, let's pray, let's put a, let's put a thousand to flight and combine our prayers and push the armies of darkness back. I pray for protection and covering during this supernaturally active and extremely dangerous time. The enemy knows the time. We should too. The enemy's acting accordingly and so should we. To be able to use Firefall and SRT in the porch for edification, encouragement, inspiration, for for rising up the kingdom of God to to pull down the principalities and spread the knowledge of God and the gospel, seeking the lost, helping the dying, destroying the works of the enemy. Abba, Father, Papa, God, Daddy, thank you. Thank you for loving us when we were unlovable. Thank you for forgiving us and wanting to be reconciled to us. We long for the day that we can sit at the banquet table with Yeshua, with the King, and with you. (laughs) Bless, Bless this technology. Bless this time, Lord. We love you. Answer prayers, Lord. There are people that have very present needs. I pray that you'd answer them. But I pray that they would fall in love with you and get to know you more. 
deep, deep within their soul get to know you. To know you in the shadows, know you in the darkness, to know you in the light, in the struggles and in the blessings, in the peace and in the storms, to know you. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit so that he could walk with us and teach us and and remind us, bring to remembrance who you are and of your words. So Holy Spirit, have your way with this session of the porch. Teach us what we need to be taught. Reach down into our hearts and touch us. And let his will be done. I pray these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. Lessons are proprietary information, except where noted the information comes from outside sources. Combination of that information, the matter presented, is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. So we're still talking about He is. And we're looking at an intimate relationship with the Lord as being the foundation and the key to our spiritual existence. We've asked the question, do you know him? Do you know who he is? See, relationship will never fail you and it can't be forgotten. You may in the moment of stress or, or, or pressure forget a scripture, forget a verse, but you never forget him. He is the key to our authority and, and our standing in a fallen world. He is the key to our spiritual understanding of who he is and to exalt him in our lives. And tonight we're going to talk about him being the good shepherd. So go with me to John chapter 10. Starting in verse 1. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name. He leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him. For they do not know the voice of strangers. Yeshua used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. Then Yeshua said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, and the sheep did not hear them. I am the door, and if anyone enters by me, he will be saved will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling. He does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep which I have not known of this fold, them also I must bring. They will hear my voice. And there will be one flock and one shepherd. They will never on any account follow a stranger, but will run away from him because they do not know the voice of strangers or recognize their call. Why? Why won't they follow a stranger? 
because the shepherd, the good shepherd, walks before them, walks in front of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They follow him knowing his voice. So many people today in the body, in what we call the church, are following so many different voices, which grieves me, frustrates me, that they can't hear that the voice is not his. It doesn't line up with him, his nature, his personality. It doesn't line up with his word. Oh, it's glamorous and it's ear-tickling and makes you feel good about yourself. It makes you feel like you're doing something, but you're not. You're wandering off, following the wrong voice. Eastern shepherds give names to their sheep as we do dogs and horses. Every sheep recognizes their own name and comes when they're called. Even when flocks are mingled, they quickly separate at the command of the shepherd. And those eastern shepherds go before the flocks to lead them to good grass and water. And they'll only follow that shepherd, and they won't pay attention to strangers. I know I've told this. There's a video I've seen of uh, obviously believers seeing a flock of sheep, and the shepherd says, call them. And they call and they whistle and they do all the things and the sheep completely ignore them. And then he simply calls them very calmly, not shouting, and a little whistle. And they run. They run to where he is. Can you hear it? Can you hear him call your name? Can you hear that sound? Do you notice the timber of his voice, how it feels, run, run to him. Say, you know, all the previously announced messiahs were false and they led the people astray. But he says, I am the good shepherd. I am the chief shepherd. I am the great shepherd. That's relationship, him with you and us with him. See, the the book of Acts church And for me, when I say the early church, I mean prior to 100 A.D. After 100, things began to shift. So the early church, the book of Acts church, understood who he was and what he is, and their focus was on him. It wasn't on books except the book. It wasn't on other speakers and teachers Paul and Barnabas and Peter, they did not allow people to worship them. The teacher, they did not do it. They wouldn't allow it. They got angry. But no, not today. We 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 admire this one and we elevate this one. And, oh, I follow him. Oh, you follow him? That's great. No, I follow one, the one. I follow the king. That's what it was always about. Hebrews 13, starting verse 20, Now may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus, Adonai Yeshua, from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight. Through Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, to whom glory forever and ever be. Amen. You see, they understood, the disciples and the leaders and the elders, they understood their roles. You know, I got saved in 88, moved to Tallahassee in January of 90, got involved at the the old Christian heritage, and as I've said, became Pastor Shelley's shadow, and therefore I did work, and I got put on the board once I became a licensed minister. And I began to move within the leadership was both good and bad. I saw good things to do, but I learned a lot of the bad things that happen in business of church. I saw elders that should never have been elders. They were simply elders because their families founded the church or because they wrote a big check. First Peter 5, starting verse 1, the elders who are among you, I exhort, I, who am a fellow elder and witness of the sufferings 
of Messiah, also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed, shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. See, Peter, he had experiential knowledge on that topic. He understood. He went through the trials. He went through the struggles. He went through the transformation from who he was to who he would be. Remember, after the resurrection, and they've been in the upper room, and now they don't know what to do, so they go fishing on the Sea of Galilee, and they, they see Yeshua on the banks, and Peter dives in and swims there, and they have their little private meeting before the other guys get there, and they bring the fish, fish for breakfast. Not something I would do, but fish for breakfast. That's what they did, and they had a great time, and then Yeshua and Peter went for a walk. John 21, verse 15. So when they had eaten breakfast, Yeshua said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, Feed my lambs. They walked for a little bit. He said again, second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, Tend my sheep. Walked a little more. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Now, Peter was grieved because he had said to him a third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And he said to him, Feed my sheep. Feed my lambs. Feed my baby believers. Feed those that are going to need help. Tend to them. Take care of them. Protect them. Guide them. And then when they become grown and they become regular sheep, feed them. Feed and tend to his flock. That's what he wanted from Peter. That's what he wanted from the leaders. That's what he wanted from the elders. That's what he wants from supposed shepherds today. But that doesn't always happen. It didn't happen in the time of Israel. Zechariah eleven seventeen, the Lord says, Woe to the worthless, worthless shepherd who leaves the flock. You know, I've said this before. It's always been important to me. That if you take somebody under your covering, like when I was pastor of the home church or, or the people that consider me their pastor, they're covering. I take that seriously. I stand in the gap for them day and night between them and the and the wolves. I pray for them. I pray for their well-being. I, I do my best to tend to them. That's what good shepherds do. But not the shepherds that Israel had, not some of the supposed shepherds I see today. Even in Jeremiah 23, Starting verse 1, Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord God of Israel, against the shepherds who feed my people. You have scattered my flock, driven them away, and not attended to them. Behold, I will attend to you for the evil of your doings, says the Lord. But I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them and bring them back to their folds, and they shall be fruitful and increase. I will set up shepherds over them who will feed them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, nor shall they be lacking, says Aronai. And we know he brought them back. We know he brought back the lost sheep, but every sheep Every one that's a part of his flock, he cares for. And he's disappointed and he's angered by those that claim to be shepherds 
who do not do their job. Jeremiah 50, verse 6. My people have been lost sheep. Their shepherds have led them astray. They've turned them away on the mountains. They've gone from mountain to hill. They've forgotten their resting place. So many believers wander from flock to flock, from building to building, congregation to congregation looking for food. And some of that's them, but more often it's the food. Oh, you can show me the videos and show me the dog and pony show. I hit my microphone again. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm Italian, and even though nobody can see me, I'm talking with my hands. I can see me. Um, but they, they have it all. They have the smoke. They have the lights. They have the mirrors. They got the big screens and the, the lyrics up there, so you can repeat them twenty times, because you can't remember them after repeating them twenty times. But there's no food. They leave hungry. They're not strengthened. They're not prepared. And I'm going to tell you something. I've told it before, but I can see a shift. I'm not afraid. The enemy knows that. I'll stand the ground. I'll get the job done. But this is a different time, and this is a different enemy. And if you're going to be arrogant, they're going to chew you up. If you're going to be ignorant, you're going to fall. Cling to the great shepherd. Ezekiel 34, prophesying against the irresponsible shepherds. Now listen, we've had two prophets, Jeremiah and Ezekiel, through our various times saying basically the same thing, Ezekiel 34. One, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God to the shepherds, Woe to the shepherds of Israel who feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flock? You eat the fat and clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the fatlings, but you do not feed the flock. The weak you have not strengthened, nor have you healed those who are sick. Nor have you bound up the broken, nor brought back what was driven away, nor sought what was lost, but with force and cruelty you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. They became food for all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. My sheep wandered through all the mountains and on every high hill. Yes, my flock was scattered over the whole face of the earth, and no one was seeking or searching for them. The heart of a shepherd is to seek, is to search, is to look for them. See, even in Ezekiel 34, verse 11, jumping down, God, Hashem, is declaring himself the true shepherd. For thus says the Lord God, Indeed, I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out. As shepherds seek out his flock on the day he's among his scattered sheep, so will I seek out my sheep and deliver them from all the places where they were scattered on a cloudy and dark day. And I believe when the Father and the Son are one, they're speaking jointly. This is the Lord, through Ezekiel, prophesying about his day, that he was coming. He was coming to rescue the sheep. He was coming to look for the sheep. He was coming to bring them home. That's why he talks about the hireling in, in John ten twelve. The one who has a job doesn't have a calling. He was not the shepherd, doesn't own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves and flees. The wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling. He does not care about the sheep. I can tell you how many pastors and leaders who are in trouble supernaturally, demonically, you offer them help, they don't want it. They don't want the fallout. They don't want the fight. They don't want the struggle. They don't want to get their hands dirty. They don't want to scuff their knees or or, or, or their shoes. and They don't want to get 
in the smelly, disgusting places with the people that are desperate for somebody to come look for them. Oh, they'll have a, a somebody from the congregation wander away and they'll curse them and criticize them. They won't go look. They won't talk to them. They won't try to find out why. Acts 20, starting verse 28. This is Paul there talking to them, to the church, the book of Acts church. Therefore take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit, the Rakh HaKadosh, has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also, from among yourselves, men will rise up, speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. See, Paul knew. These are people that for the most part knew about Yeshua. They saw him. They're, they know people who are eyewitnesses to him. And already the wolves in sheep's clothing have entered the flock. And he's warning them. He's warning us now. Second Corinthians 11, verses 14 and 15. No wonder Satan, for Satan transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it's no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, who, whose end will be according to their works. He's talking about ministers and teachers and leaders in the church in Corinth. First Timothy four one, the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, the great apostasy, the great apostasy, the falling away. We've talked about it. I did a series on it. Folks, all these Bible studies are up there. You can feast, you can eat as much as you want, or as little as you want. 2 Timothy 4, starting verse 1. I charge you, therefore, speaking to Timothy, Paul is, therefore before God and Adonai Yeshua, Mashiach, the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they'll turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to fables. I get it. The stories, giants, Nephilim, fallen angels, UFOs. All the, wow, it's all great. It's exciting. It's exciting. It's not important. He's important, knowing who he is. And I can tell you this, I've been around some of the big-name teachers in that world. They know very little scripture, some of them. Their relationships are not very good with the Lord. They're frauds. Do you know his voice? Are you following his voice? Are you following the voice of a worthless shepherd? Are you following a false voice? Listen. Get to know his voice. Know his word. Oh, you can give me the excuses, you know, about, well, I don't read well, or I'm dyslexic, or I'm this or I'm that. Then get an audio Bible. I repeat enough word, chapter and verse in Scripture, in all these Bible studies, for you to get to know the Word. I don't just give you, you know, life experiences and illustrations. I'm not a life coach. I'm a preacher. I'm a teacher. 
is no excuse for you not to know the word. And I've met somebody I just parted ways with. He was a leader. He was a teacher. He was a part of a big ministry. He knew so little word, I was shocked. It just, I was astounded. How did you even have the audacity to stand up on a stage or in a pulpit and grab a microphone? Yeshua says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and I am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring. And they will hear my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. I have other sheep, Gentiles, which are not of this Jewish fold. They will hear my voice and come into the fold having one shepherd. See, our Jewish brothers and sisters, they're looking. They just don't know it. They've been told all the lies and all the the things about Yeshua, so they don't look. All you can do is tell them the truth and point them to him and point the way. But he has to draw them. The Spirit has to bring them. So pray for them. Intercede for them. That their eyes would be open and their ears would hear. Because that's the wish of the Father. First Corinthians twelve thirteen. Paul says, For by one Spirit, capital S, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. That's my passion. Get people saved, healed, and delivered. And in the middle of that, if there's some deliverance or pulling down strongholds, that is all a part of the first part. It's never separate. And I'm guilty, like everybody else, getting caught up in the excitement and the drama of spiritual warfare. Now looking back on it, no wonder the enemy beat the crap out of us. Excuse my language. We were doing it for all the wrong reasons. And I fought alongside some heavy hitters until the revelation came. Wow, the enemy has lulled us into a trap. We're out there swinging and binding and rebuking, and we're doing this and we're doing that, and they're setting us up for the punch. Muhammad Ali, a great boxing champion, at the end of his career when he wasn't as fit, quick, and didn't float like a butterfly or sting like a bee, he developed a, a technique called rope-a-dope where he'd lean on the ropes and he'd let the other person wail away on him. I personally believe that's where some of the brain damage came from because he took a lot of shots. But he would rope, lean on the ropes and let the dope punch him until they tired themselves out. And then he'd knock him out and he'd win the fight. Well, the enemy will lean on the ropes. They don't get tired and they don't get hurt. And they'll let you punch, and they'll let you swing, and they'll let you do all the things you think you're doing until you're tired or you let down your guard, or, and then they'll take you out. And I'm not saying be afraid of the enemy. No, no, no. There are preachers out there saying, don't listen to these preachers. That Jesus is king, and he does it all, and you're good. Doesn't line up with the New Testament, but that's okay doesn't line up with experiential knowledge either, and that's why so many sheep are getting wounded and getting hurt. Ephesians 3, verse 1, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Messiah Yeshua, for you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which was given to me for you, how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery as I've briefly written already, by which you read, when you read, you may understand my knowledge of the, in the mystery of Messiah, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and to prophets, verse 6 of Ephesians 3, 
that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Messiah through the gospel, of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. That's why Paul says in Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Messiah. It is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. I am not ashamed of this good news about Messiah. Nope. It's the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes. The Jew first, he came to the Jews first, and also the Gentile. The good news tells us how God made us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Faith in Yeshua, knowing him, knowing who he is. A personal trust and confident surrender, a firm reliance Offered to the Jew first, some accepted, some didn't, and then to the Greek, to the Gentile. Some accepted and a lot different, didn't. But this gospel of righteousness, this food, this freedom that the Good Shepherd offers, is what we sought and didn't know what we were seeking. It's what the Jewish brothers and sisters who are not saved when they come to the revelation. And there's videos on YouTube. One for Israel, chosen. I'll get it next time. I'll post it if I need need to. I post them on social media. And he, when they get saved, they all said the same thing. He was what I was looking for, and I didn't know it. Why would Paul word things that way? Why would he say that? I am not ashamed. You see, because anyone crucified was considered the lowest member of that society. And Paul had no confidence in his speech or his rhetorical skills. He says that over and over. I didn't come to you in the prettiness of word. I came to you in the power of the Holy Spirit. So he knew he could not overcome human objections to the message intellectually, which I believe he tried in the beginning, and that's why he spent a lot of time getting hit with rocks and dying, being brought back to life, getting hit with rocks, brought back to life, dropped over. And, I mean, he he tried. He tried the arguing. I'm going to convince you. Plunk. Then finally he got it. He had that light bulb moment. As Joe and I used to talk about on Reflections in the Dark, bing, oh, this isn't working. Maybe I'll just tell him the truth, let it fall, let the Spirit do it. He knew that the power of the Holy Spirit changes people's lives when they hear the good news about Yeshua's death and resurrection. People are saved by faith. But faith is not the cause of salvation. The cause of salvation is is God's grace. It's the will of God. It's the Spirit's power, the dunamis working through the message. That dunamis is, is the gospel has been infused with the power so that people can be saved. See, that's where Yeshua's heart is. That's where the shepherd's heart is. Matthew 18, starting verse 12. What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is straying? And if he should find, if he should find it, assuredly I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than the other ninety-nine that did not go astray. Even so, it's not the will of your Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. That was his heart. Everything he did was about that. Everything we should do is about that. 
First Timothy chapter two, verse one. Therefore, I exhort first of all, all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Who is the truth? He is the truth. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through him. Second Peter 3, 9, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You see, the good shepherd isn't looking to punish the sheep. No, he's looking to find and restore them. Ezekiel 18.23, even under the law, under the old covenant, do I have any pleasure at all that the wicked should die, says the Lord God, and not that he should turn from his ways and live? From the garden to the cross to now, that's always been the father's heart. The prodigal son, he didn't punish him. He didn't beat him up. He knew the kid had suffered. The, the, the son had made a mistake. He was wallowing with pigs and eating the corn cobs and the, whatever they were being given to eat. Came home in humility and brokenness. The father threw a party, threw a feast. He wasn't looking to judge him. Or, I told you so. Restoration. Redemption. That's the passion. That's the heart's cry. Repentance. The Holman Bible Dictionary says repentance is a feeling of regret. A changing of the mind or turning from sin to God. Doing a 180. Not a 360. A 180. Turning from sin to God. That feeling of regret that we can apply even to God. Where are you now in your life? Are you are you on good ground? Are you solid? Are you walking the walk, talking the talk? Are you on the path? I got news for you. You're going to get knocked off every now and then. You're going to trip. You're going to get tricked. Just repent. Come back. Get on the path. Get on the road. He's not looking to judge you. He's not looking to punish you. See, what happens is when you get out of order and when you get into sin or you get into error, oh, God's going to rain down fire upon you. No, he doesn't need to. He's not going to. The enemy's going to do that for him because you've given the enemy access to you. Have compassion upon people when they make a mistake. Or he will teach you compassion experientially. You'll learn it the hard way. Repentance. Turn from the direction you're going. Hey, sheep, you're going the the wrong way. It's back here. No, don't, don't go there. Don't keep going. That's dangerous. Come back. See, sheep are known to be short-sighted and foolish. And if you leave them to themselves, rams, ewes, lambs, doesn't matter who they are, they'll get their fleece hopelessly tangled in bramble bushes and be unable to free themselves. Bramble bushes of sin and bad relationships. They'll drink polluted water. Some of you are drinking polluted water. You're listening to people. You're going to places, and the water's polluted. Sheep will roll onto their backs and get hopelessly stuck in that position. Not a good position. They'll even eat poisonous plants in their quest for that meal. Oh, that looks pretty. But see, sheep are also very gentle. 
They'll follow their shepherd when he calls, even if that shepherd happens to be a child or a teenager, somebody young, they'll follow him. But here's something very interesting. Sheep are also hardwired to follow other sheep, even if it's a bad idea. I read the story in 2006. Some shepherds brought their flocks together, a combined flock in Turkey of 26 villages. You know, they brought their sheep together to feed. Well, those sheep accidentally committed mass suicide. What happened is, while the ewes and the rams and the lambs were grazing contentedly on the grass, the shepherds relaxed and began making breakfast, figuring it's okay. But then one sheep accidentally fell off a cliff. And the other sheep blindly followed, plunging off the cliff at the same spot. About 450 animals died, and many more were injured. Most of the families lost the majority of their flock, which was the main source of their income, all because one clumsy sheep got too close to the edge. And that's always how it happens. A few sheep are always going to tend to stray. Just something about it. They're always putting themselves in life-threatening situations by wandering off alone into the wilderness, unaware of the dangers that they put themselves. I know I've shared this, but it came to mind and I've completely forgotten it. I've experienced visions outright. I could be sitting here and he could take me someplace else. And I was being a, I was a part of a women's retreat. I was one of the ministers, and we were having a meeting, the, the person leading it and the other two ministers and myself. And while they were speaking, I don't remember what we were talking about, all of a sudden I was no longer in that living room. I was walking with the Lord. And while I'm walking with him, we're walking, and the ground is very bumpy. And and I'm having a hard time walking, and I'm thinking, why would you want to walk here, Lord? And I look down, and I realize I'm walking on bodies, people. And and I'm shocked, and it, but the Lord, he's taking me somewhere. He's taking me to the edge of a cliff. He takes me to the edge, and he says, look over, what do you see? I still remember it like it was yesterday. And it was 30 years ago. So what do you see? And I look over and there's just piles of bodies of sheep. And now I'm weeping. And I'm saying, Lord, what is that? He said, those are my sheep. They wandered off and nobody cared. And I snapped out of that vision. And I have three people staring. They're like a foot away from my face staring at me. And they see that I'm sobbing. Where'd you go? And I shared it with them and they began to sob. And to continue the story, I left to go home and I figured I I need to talk to Shelly. So I was patching the church on the way home, and I went around the back where he would normally be, and there's nobody there. There's no cars. And I was pulled into the spot I always parked in next to what would have been his, and I'm sure I've told you this, but it pertains. And suddenly, Shelley just pulls in next to me, and we get out, and he said, I had just gone home, and the Lord said, get back to the church, Richard. Need you. So I told him, told him what I saw. We both got a little emotional. And he said, the hardest part of this job, the hardest part of tending the flock is that. But you have to care enough to feel the way you feel. That's when he gave me this major revelation. He said, you've got 
the aspect of the lying down, and now you've learned the aspect of the lamb. He said you have to find a way to combine them both and walk in both simultaneously. And it's taken many years to get to that place because the the sheep are always going to wander. They're going to break. They're going to look at the protective fences and the clean water and the the green pasture that they're on is a prison that must be broken out of. It's going to be better over there. Water is better over there. Grass. Nope. Got to get out of here. I'm being told what to do. I'm being penned in. I'm being fenced in. Nope. Got to go. Individual sheep are stubborn. They're foolish. And they're blind to the dangers they're stumbling toward like so many today. But you know what? The shepherd repeatedly rescues them, but they keep straying. You may have seen it in 2021. A sheep had wandered away in Australia. He'd been lost for five years, and he was found. They heard his cries in the forest, and they finally found him. And he had five years' worth of wool on him, 77 pounds of wool. It had never been sheared like it's supposed to be. He could barely walk, and he would not have survived that summer. But they found him. They got him there. I've seen the video. It's on YouTube. And they sheared him, and he's you could see the difference. The weight was gone, and he was alive again. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses them and does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it, when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulder rejoicing. That's intimacy. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine just persons who need no repentance. Though it might seem reckless to leave the 99, just search for one. Yeshua makes it clear how much he and the Father cares for every lost sinner and how joyfully he responds when they're found. Isaiah 40, starting verse 9. O Zion, you who bring good tidings, get up into the high mountain. O Jerusalem, you who bring good tidings, lift up your voice with strength. Lift it up and be not afraid. Say to the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Behold the Lord God shall come with a strong hand. His arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are young. That's who he is. He is exalted. He's before all things. He's the beginning and he's the end. He is who was, who is, who was, and who is to come. He is the bread of life. He's the light. He is the light of the world. He is the door of the sheep. He is the good shepherd. He is the resurrection. He is the way. He's the truth and he's the life because he is. I am. Father, Lord, Holy Spirit, do whatever you want. Take these words, take the passion, take the feeling, take the emotion, take it wherever you want it to go, but imprint it upon the hearts of everyone who listens. Draw them to you. Make them hunger for you. Make them hunger to drink the water. Make them hunger to feed on the food you have for them. Let them hear your voice so no other voice will they follow. And if they're following the wrong voice, make that voice become ugly and irritating to them so that they pull their head away. Say, no, that's wrong. I can't go there. If they've wandered off, draw them home. If you need sheepdogs to go get them, we'll go. But bring them home, Lord. Bring them home. Bless them. Save them. Heal them and deliver them. And raise them up to go do the same. I pray all these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May Adonai make his face shine upon you be gracious to you. May Adonai Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, lift up his countenance upon you 
and give you peace, give you shalom. I'm Richard Grund. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio.